Hi, I'm Brittany Curran, and I play Fen on Sci-Fi's The Magicians. Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew. The Coffee Clatch Podcast. Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew, The Magicians episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today we bring magic back into our lives with a very special interview. We spoke with Brittany Curran, who plays Fen on The Magicians. Now, for those of you who don't know Brittany's background, she made her television debut on the hit Fox series Mad TV. She's been in movies including 13 Going on 30 and Legally Blondes, as well as the hit TV series Twisted and Chicago Fire. And we want to thank Brittany so much for coming onto the podcast. We had so much fun with her. Now, Brittany gave us a lot of her time, and we edited some of the chit-chat. It was fun for us, but probably not fun for you guys to listen to. But we left some of it in, so you guys could see how cool Brittany actually is. One note you guys should know, we recorded this a week before it was announced that Season 5 would be the last season on Sci-Fi. So, of course, we didn't talk about it. I don't think I'll ever get used to these podcasts, the interviews. I always get really nervous beforehand. Our Skype rings, and I'm one button away from saying hello. My heart skips a beat. I click it, and there's the other person on the line, and I'm like, I freeze. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, what I should do (coughs) is talk about my beard. (laughs) (laughs) I think I edited that out. (laughs) But Brittany made it really easy. We had a fantastic time. And we think you will, too. So without further ado, here's Brittany. Nice to meet you guys in, you too. Uh, in person, kind of. Yes, you too. Uh, so a few things. Our setup is kind of janky. So our camera's over here, but I swear we're looking at you, even though it doesn't look like we are. Oh, I didn't even think about it. I was actually thinking about how cool your setup is. Oh, thank you. It's, yeah, it's kind a- of an attic. It's the only place that's really separate. So that I love it. And I love like the fireplace. <laughs> it's you. so cold up here. We need it. It's pretty warm here. All the doors are open. Oh. Just to rub it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you guys? New York. Okay, cool. So it's awesome. 32 degrees and here? And windy. What, how, how, what's the temperature here right now, would you say? Um, 76. 76? Oh, oh, nice. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the East Coast. I'm from Massachusetts and I love the seasons. Did you grow up there? Uh, I lived there until I was like 11. Okay. And so, so I've, I've been in LA for, for uh, most of my, or a little bit more than half of my life now because I'm 29. But, uh, but I do go back a lot and I love it. I still have some family there too. I was born there. We both grew up in Connecticut until I was about five. Oh, cool. And then my family moved. So New Jersey, New York, really most of my adult life. Okay, cool. Yeah, my, fia- my fiance is from... <laughs> my fiance's right here. He's from Vermont and just called all of us Flatlanders. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Congratulations on the engagement, by the way. Thank you. Thanks. Very exciting. This is, it's so <laughs> funny this time of year because last year, this month, Christina and I got engaged. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> and we got engaged on the podcast, which was awesome. Oh, yes. my God. So it was God. a big event. I need to go listen to that episode. He, he put it up there. I was a little nervous at first, but friends and family were saying, if it's recorded, we really want to hear that. So yeah. it was, <laughs> we yeah, put we it out there. Yeah, we cut it down just to that point. I'll, we'll send you the page link with yeah. it on. Yeah, I want to hear it. Oh my God. I like, I go on YouTube and like watch wedding proposals and all that stuff. So I love, I love that stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we had that. And then two weeks later, we had Arjun on last year. And oh, cool. he had just gotten married. So we were oh, like, right. congratulations on the marriage. So it's like this time of year is that warm time, I guess. <laughs> it's a wedding time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm like talking. I'm late and talking your guys' ear off. No, that's no, fine. No, no, trust me, it's laid back. We're just... So go ahead, you start. Okay. One thing I really noticed about the magicians, and we've been following since pretty much day one, is that you guys are really good with social media. And I mean the sci-fi and then all the actors as well. And this is something you don't see with every show. You know, it's... in. In today's day and age, it's completely it's completely different now. The technology makes everything different. Even making movies, like people can literally make movies on iPhones now. It's it's incredible. So, I feel like it's just part of the game, and like a douchey way to say it now, <laughs> is is the social media. And I think if you can find a way to make it fun, you know, I'm an actor, so the emotional validation of uh, internet strangers feels really good. So that part is easy. <laughs> um, but honestly, it kind of encourages me to take more behind the scenes videos and behind the scenes pictures. And then I think, oh, I can bank this up. And like, I know the f- we have such like a Oh, excited, loving fan base. So like it literally makes me approach being on set uh, a little bit different, like doing like little behind the scenes stuff. And it makes me think about it more. So without being distracted for, for the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's a lot different because, you know, I started acting like 20 years ago and I didn't even have a cell phone back then. So I just kind of find the fun in it. And some weeks I can't live tweet. Some of the cast doesn't live tweet. So I just like the last was it two weeks ago? I was flying back from New Orleans. I, w- I was visiting D- Jade Taylor. She's shooting a movie there. And I was like really determined to live tweet. And so I was on a layover in the airport. So I was like in a restaurant watching the episode, probably looking like a, you know, a jerk watching myself on a screen and trying to live tweet in the Houston airport. Um, so it's definitely different, but it's, it's fun if you let it be fun, I guess. And yeah, and our sci-fi, the sci-fi people are amazing. Kimthia Diaz, she'll hate that I'm calling her out. She likes being anonymous. Um, she runs the sci-fi uh, social media, and she is amazing. That's so funny. The social media person likes to be anonymous. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Like when I do like live stuff on, like when she gives me do live stuff on set, I try to get her in the background, and she's always trying to avoid it. So I like you know, I like doing this to her and mentioning her by name. <laughs> Hi, Kendia. Last year you had um, comedians in cars getting rides, and then this year you had Fen. Live yeah, from Philly. I love that. <laughs> we absolutely loved it. I couldn't stop retweeting it whenever it was out. Fen, live from Fillory with with Fen. Whose idea was it? Um, someone at oh gosh, I I really wish I could remember. It was one of the women at Sci-Fi. It was her brainchild. And then we had a conference call with like the sci-fi people and some of our producers and they, they like pitched it to me and I fell in love with it immediately. And, uh, yeah, crap. I feel so terrible. Who was it? But okay. It was somebody at sci-fi that came up with it and, uh, I was just really excited. And so they would like email me over ideas and I'd give them ideas and we, they just kind of brainstormed a bunch of different scenarios and stuff. And then on the day I was on set and we shot all of the little episodes, um, on, on a Saturday and, uh, and then they just let us run with it and they let us improv. And I, I hope I obviously had so much fun. <laughs> well, it shows that you had fun. And I was wondering, is a lot of it ad-libbed? Yeah. Yeah. So we basically were given dot points of like things to, to touch upon. 
And then we, uh, were just, uh, we were just ran free. So yeah, it was all ad libbed with certain dot points to hit. And I definitely, it's funny. Like there is some, is this sensor? Is there things I can't, I shouldn't say? There no, probably no. Is, right? no you can I say can anything. Say. Okay. <laughs> so there was like one, <laughs> there was one particular line that I just like threw at them and I just did it to make them crack. And they didn't think that actually use it. But when I was in the, the episode with all the girls, and me and we were like on a view the view type situation and I said into camera I was like it's so what we're talking about using bunnies to sext anyone that hasn't seen the show is gonna be like what is this crackpot <laughs> talking about um but the line where I, I look at the camera and I say it's very uncomfortable to look into a bunny's eyes and say fuck me daddy and I very <laughs> <laughs> just to mess with everybody and to make them crack and then they used it and I was so excited that they actually used like the most ridiculous line I could <laughs> of course of. they did it's the magicians <laughs> I know right ovary up ovary up <laughs> ovary up <laughs> you know what's worrying to me though is uh, sexting and fillery because you have to use bunnies to do it and there's something very uncomfortable about saying fuck me daddy right to a fuzzy bunny those were so good I was like the best day on set. I had so much fun. You're quick too. I can tell. You can see when someone's thinking a little bit. Not that anyone was bad, but you can just see it a little bit. You were so quick with your responses. Oh, thanks. That makes me so happy. You're welcome. Right. Oh, I feel it like comes from professional. Think of clever thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to start with okay, easy generic questions. But what first drew you to the character of Fen? What do you like about playing her? I love. Well, she. You know, she's. She's grown a lot over the years. She's kind of a, I mean, I guess, don't we all? That's how human beings work. But I really loved her innocent, naive, loving view of the world. I thought it was really sweet. And um, I was actually a little nervous when I first, I, I, I went straight to, I read for the producers and I was a little nervous because I'm, I've played a lot of bitches in my day. <laughs> I've played a lot of mean, terrible psychopathic people. And so I was like, wow, this character is so pure and kind. And even though I don't identify with the bitchy psychopathic characters, I don't think I, I was, that's just what I was used to. So I was a little nervous to do it and it was different than what I've done in a really long time. Um, and so it was really fun. Yeah. So I just like that. And then of course she became this whole other character that I wasn't quite expecting. And, um, yeah, I really love her. I feel so like emotionally attached to her. So you normally play more Marina type characters, like Margot. Well, no. Ish. Well, Margot's sharp. Yes, she can be bitchy, but we love her so much. In a good, like, in yeah. a good way. We you can. Me too. I promise. <laughs> when I was a bitch, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I played like Mean Girls a lot. Like my first movie was Thirteen Going on Thirty. It was it was just a small role. But I played like one of the girls in the beginning of the movie in the 1980s that was picking on the young Jennifer Garner, like one of the mean girls. Mm. So I played like the popular mean girl a lot or just like completely psychopathic, crazy, like murdering people or getting murdered. I've been murdered a few times. I've done a bit of murder in myself. <laughs> oh, we're going to snip that out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, I only uh, get paid to murder people. So there you don't you even have to worry about it. So you're a hitman. Just for you say. That makes uh, it okay. Yeah, professional. But you put it like that. You <laughs> With know, knives. I, yes, I only get paid to murder people. And I've been acting since I was a kid. So I started kissing people in movies before I ever kissed people in real life. Oh, so wow. for a while, I only got paid to kiss people as well. So I'm a hit <laughs> and, and a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Oh, but coming back to what you were saying about Fen, that was a question that I had because obviously she's been through a lot throughout the seasons, a lot of struggles and trials. And yet, even up until present time, she does still maintain a lot of that optimism and positivity. I think it was episode three. It seemed like there was a shift. The conversation between her and Margot and Josh when they were in the cells together right. and the truth was kind of coming out. Do you yeah. think that was a turning point for her character coming to that that understanding, that revelation? You, maybe Margot isn't what she thought. Do you think that changes the relationship that they have together? Yeah, absolutely. I think it changes her relationship with Margot. Um, I definitely think it changes her relationship with herself, you know, even more importantly, where she kind of realizes that she's been wearing these rose-colored glasses the whole time with a lot of people, especially probably with Margot. And I think she's still, I mean, we've seen a few episodes since then. I think Fen's still, you can't beat out of her how much she just loves life and loves Mm. people. And I think she'll always have that. But I think maybe she's a little bit, a little smarter about it now and is learning that you can still be kind and loving and be excited about everything while still respecting your own personal boundaries. And so I feel like that was a big turning point is this person that she thought was her and has been her ally. Margot has been a huge ally of hers a lot over the years, but she realizes that maybe it is a, a bit of a, a problematic relationship as well. And she realizes that she has to, um, you know, put number one first because she never, ever puts herself first, which you can't always, but she never does. Um, and so, yeah, I think, throughout the season and some episodes that haven't aired yet, we do see a shift in Fen. And it's that first time of like speaking up for yourself. You realize, Oh, like I, or at least for Fen, like I'm not going to die. I'm not going to, you know, burst into flames Mm. if I actually stick up for myself. And I think a lot of people go through that, you know? And, um, yeah, I think that was a really, really important moment for Fen to have for her relationships with people, but for herself. I think you see even some of that transformation. What was it last episode when they're speaking with the fairies and Fen is the one who has actually found them and is is making some headway and Margot just doesn't know how to have that diplomatic conversation. But Fen, for the first time, is able to kind of say, this is the way we should go about things. And she tries to counsel Margot and and show her how things should be. I just think you see a little more of her strength and what she's good at and her being able to say that to other people, you know, I I have value within this group. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's Fen's whole thing is like, it's what season was it? Was it last season when, um, the cat lady said to Fen, she's like, Fen, do you value yourself? That's always been like echoing in my head as Fen and as Brittany, honestly, it's like this weird, it's almost like the characters we play sometimes echo who we are as people. Yeah. It kind of opened the door for her to actually value herself and actually realize like, wait, I'm the only in my group of friends, like my core group of friends, I'm the only native Florian and there's something to be said for that. And there's a lot of value in that. And then I also think that, you know, cause a lot of her friends are very like, you know, Margot and Elliot and Julia and all these people are like very, very strong willed people, which is amazing. And so it's important for Fen to actually like demand to be respected as well. And I feel like Margot did a good job of, you know, it was hard because it's, course it's hard but I think Margot did a good job of kind of stepping back and letting Fen take over a little bit and it's one of those things where Fen realizes oh 
I could have been doing this all along. I could have been asserting mm. myself more and it would have actually made people respect me more. And they want to respect her more. I don't even think that they realized that they were pushing her aside. Honestly, I don't think they did it maliciously at all. Go Fed. <laughs> <laughs> Especially this year. I love, you're right about the progression in Fen. I always loved Fen because she, she gave some levity to some scenes that were very intense, very dark. We're dealing with Penny getting his hands chopped off, getting, uh, having to learn anal magic. You know, all these, you know, well, serious Elliot, things. <laughs> Elliot, her husband, being possessed by a monster. Yeah. And then, oh, of course. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> and then you were always there to kind of bring us back, laugh a little bit. You're right, the joy in her. You always need someone like that in life, in real life. You need yeah. someone who is a little oblivious to the realities, a little bit, and totally, has a, yeah. a brighter light on things. This is, this is Jason in real life, so that's why I, I enjoy this conversation. <laughs> I tend to be the more cynical, pessimistic one, but you're able to see the good in the world. I try. And it's, it's a great balance. <laughs> that's me and my fiancé, too. He's, he's the curmudgeon. He's the self-proclaimed uh, pro, curmudgeon, and I'm like the slightly oblivious one that's like, oh, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I don't know. <laughs> um, it seems though like there is a nerve touched last episode when Fenn is talking to Julia about the pregnancy. Yeah. And she is happy for her. You can tell she is. And we were commenting on your line delivery of that was just a amazing. Baby. Oh, a baby. But at the same <laughs> yeah, at the same time. <laughs> Sorry, got it. Babies. Ah. <laughs> I'm really good with secrets. I've kept Elliot's fear of butterflies secret for years. Until now, shit. I, sorry, I won't do that with you. Pregnant. There's clearly this residual trauma still that she's dealing yeah. with from, from her baby. I just really enjoyed that pairing. It was so perfect for the two of them to be talking together in that way. Um, and the advice that she gave to Julia, I thought that was a great scene. Thanks. I love that scene. I love, I love how our writers don't really shy away from really difficult topics and... And also can make light of it sometimes because I think that's an, it makes it easier to talk about some things when you can like joke a little bit. Yeah, I loved how they. I made when when I read that script, I thought, oh, this makes so much sense that Julia and Fen came together over this because they've both had traumatic experiences in their past with with being pregnant. Fen being wanting to get pregnant, and then, and then you know what happens to us all getting kidnapped at nine months pregnant mm -hmm. by fairies and giving birth in the fairy realm. Um, but then she wanted the baby. And then losing the baby in childbirth. And then Julia, who was raped and got pregnant from it and then got an abortion. And so we have these two women that both had very different but very traumatic experiences with the same thing. And who are friends and who love each other very much and coming together. And now, like, how do you react? when? Yeah, so Fen has this dichotomous feeling towards, like, being incredibly jealous but also incredibly happy. Our, our writers, Alex and Jay, who wrote that episode, I really loved how they um, how they did that and how they brought us back together. And uh, it was funny. Me and me and Stella Mae are really good friends in real life. And that scene, yeah, she, she actually we were sauna we were saunaing yesterday together. It was no two days ago, two days ago. Nice. And, uh, yeah, she's the best. And we'd been like wanting to, we'd been wanting Julia and Fen to get back together on the show so bad because we haven't had a scene together in a couple of years. And so the scene where we're sitting in like the the tool, I don't even know what it is. Like we're all the, not the armory, but I guess it's kind of an armory. Mm. And we're having that heart to heart at the table. And me and her kept trying to play it like really loving and light and supportive. And, and we kept being directed to like 
like it's not supposed to be that easy. I'm like, are you sure though? <laughs> really want to just love each other. Uh, but of course, you know, the director knows how to direct. And um, yeah, so I thought it was cool. And it brought in all these different layers that her and I did not, re- we like rehearsed together. We did not rehearse it like that. And it made more sense. I think that way to, cause there's a lot going on. It's not just like, Oh, happy baby. It's coming. Yeah. There's, there's so many more things, um, especially for Fen. I mean, I don't know. Both sides. Julia, yeah, both yeah, I'm, sides I'm for just sure. Fen's head. But yeah, for both of them, there's a lot. <laughs> and Stella was like five months pregnant at that point. She'd been they'd been hiding the baby belly the whole time. So she was very much pregnant and excited about her pregnancy in real life. And uh yeah. Oh, that has to be so hard then. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it on the podcast. I was like, I wonder how they're gonna film this. Are they gonna do a lot of shots? Um, shoulders up, the clothing, TV shows and movies they find very fun ways and and not so obvious ways to go around it. Yeah, it seemed like they did a combination of both, at least from a a viewer standpoint. You know, once she finally talks about it, now it's written into the story. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's really interesting. You know, whenever women get pregnant, whenever actresses get pregnant and they're filming, like it's a really, it's a fascinating thing because it's like, it's a weird, you're, you're playing a character that's not pregnant and then you are. And how do you, how do you hide? I remember reading that the pilot of, um, what's it called? Uh, Mo- modern family, the Julie Bowen, I guess was pregnant in the pilot, the blonde mom. And so she just was like always carrying stuff in front of her, in uh-huh. front of her stomach. So when I rewatched the pilot, I, I was like, Oh my God, I can see it now. Yeah. But yeah. It was Stella. She just, she wasn't showing for the first month or so. And she's, she's tiny. She's tiny. And so, so she really wasn't showing at first at all. And then when she started showing, they just put her in looser clothes. Mm. Um, and then they just started only shooting her from like, you know, chest up. And if they had to do a far away shot, they would just kind of cheat it. Uh, she had a stand in that they put like her wig on and the same clothes in. And so if it was like from her back or from the side, you couldn't really tell they would put her in like, they don't, I don't think they really did that very much, but she was there just in case they needed a far away shot. And then props would just give her like a bag to kind of rest over her stomach mm-hmm. with, or she'd just be sitting down the whole time. And once she was super pregnant, she was more than happy to be sitting um, <laughs> by a table. So that part sure. worked out great. Uh, but yeah, no, it was funny. Like, being on set and uh we, when we were doing the fen live from Philly, it was fun i can't even say it like a normal person um, <laughs> one of the takes i used i noticed there was they had stacked books in front of her stomach and i went to pick the books up and i saw myself remember that she was pregnant put the books back down because <laughs> so i was like oh no these are these are baby belly hiding books <laughs> uh, we are just gonna wrap up this i'll let you keep that open because i feel a little scared of you um but episode three, when we get to see the fantastic fight scene between Fen and Margot, yeah, we saw a little bit of those videos that you did training beforehand, yeah. learning how to handle the knives and work with them. Yeah, Can yeah. you tell us a little about that? Yeah, I got so excited ever since I found out seasons ago that Fen was really into blades. And I've always been really enamored by, uh, I, I love action films. I love John Wick and all that stuff and like weapons training. And so I've always wanted to do that myself. And obviously there's not a lot of it on The Magicians. So once there was a little bit of it, I would just like push it as much as possible. Um, so yeah, the writers told me that we there'd be some fighting this season. So I actually, during hiatus, I live in LA. We film in Vancouver. When I was still in LA, I started taking fencing classes, um, just to get like, you know, in my body. I mean, it's very different from what I end up doing on the show, but I don't really fight. So I just wanted to kind of get it in my body. 
And then once I had more of an idea of what the fights would be like, I talked to our stunt coordinator, Dan Shea, and asked him to hook me up with someone that's like a specialist with knives. And so he connected me with this woman, Michelle C. Smith, who is such a badass. She's also a stunt woman. And uh, I just started like on my own time and dime. Uh, that rhymes. That's fun. <laughs> um, I just started training with her in in Vancouver, and we were training on the beach sometimes in Vancouver, like with our with our plastic or rubber knives, and just other places. And I just started practicing. Like every morning, I would get up and I would just like do my flips in each hand like a hundred <laughs> times, and I just like had my little system going. And, uh, yeah. And I would just, it was during the time I was obsessively watching Downton Abbey. So I would just be like practicing with my knives and, you know, watching, uh, upper class English folk <laughs> doing the thing. And it was so rehearsals for the show is when the other actors came in and this, the stunt doubles came in. But at that point I already knew how to do like a bunch of flourishes. I still play with my knives all the time. And, uh, and then we learned the fight sequences and stuff. And, uh, it was, it was so much fun. And Michelle's actually in the show. She's, she plays a, a swordswoman who I fight. And then it's kind of my Indiana Jones moment where she does this like cool move. And then I just, we actually had a whole fight choreographed. I should oh, post wow. it someday. And then I just throw her and stab her with a knife. So that's her. That's Michelle. That's oh, the one nice. that me. Yeah. So you impressed everybody. You were like, check this out <laughs> during the off season. I learned this. I was so obnoxious. Like I'd be back. The production offices, the writers' offices are in LA, and so I would like go to the studio with my knives in my in my purse, and I'd be going up to the producers. I'd be like, Henry, look! <laughs> just be trying to impress them. Like I always had my knives in my purse. We go to coffee with the writers. My knives would be in there, and it was probably a little obnoxious. Uh, I would show everyone too if I knew how to do that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we talked before about Fenn's relationships as she's developing them. There's some small interactions with Elliot this season. There's not a lot of time between the two of them together. But, you know, I appreciate, what was it, last episode when they were all having a conversation and Elliot said to Fenn, you can talk. You know, oh, you yeah. can, you, you oh, can say you something in the conversation. Oh, how do I put this? There's going to be no way to ask this without spoiling it. Are we going to see more of that, you know, developing between the two of them or having that conversation at some point yes we will see more that will keep going in the direction that it's going okay (laughs) without spoiling even though that's a little spoilery um yeah I love that that line and Hale I love working with Hale Appleman so much um he's like the first person on the show that I ever had like big scenes with and I was sat we haven't really worked together very much lately so it was fun that we were kind of reunited this season um but yeah, we'll definitely see more of that. And I love that Elliot is just like, just speak up. <laughs> it was just so funny. The way he did that line was so funny. Um, I also love that he gets like a little annoyed with Fenn sometimes. He's just like, they really seem like an old bickering married couple. Yes. Just without a lot of the things that come with being married. So. <laughs> <laughs> when they say, I like, feel like we've been married for 300 years, they... They, they really mean have it. Been. Yeah. have <laughs> been married for 300 years. It's funny. Hale and I are like, are we still married on this show? Because we still wear the props people still give us our wedding rings every morning to wear. Oh. So we're like, I guess we're still married. I don't know. I don't think like we're banging anymore. Maybe. <laughs> it doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> oh, it, it's a little bit yeah. off topic, but you shared a story that we saw on Sci-Fi Fidelity that you spoke to your real life therapist. Um, about doing a session with your character, Fen. I have to ask this because 
my day job in real life, I'm a therapist. So oh, cool. I can't. <laughs> well, you're um, so good at interviewing. This all makes sense. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what was that like? I mean, was that helpful? Did she give you insights into the character a little bit more? Yeah, it was really cool. I I never, so I did that when I, very early on in the show. So that was several years ago that I did that. Um, it was, uh, it was the beginning of the third season when I was like, Fen was starting to lose her mind a, a bit mm. and, uh, and had her all the, all the trauma that happened to her. Yeah. I just remember thinking one day, I thought, you know, I go to therapy as a real person. Um, and therapists have uh, obviously like that's their whole thing is, is, is their view into human psychology. And that's what I do as an actor, just in a different, very, very different way. And so I thought, why not talk to my therapist about this? It's like this really intense thing that's happening to Fen. And it's another piece of research. And I kind of like, I thought, wow, why have I not done this sooner? It feels like it makes so much sense. So yeah, I, I, I she's, she's in LA. So we had a Skype session, uh, but just like any other therapy session. And we did it as if I was, Fen. Not like full on crazy mode. Like I wasn't like fully talking to her like I was Fen for 55 minutes straight. <laughs> um, but we would go in and out of it. Like, and yeah, we just treated the therapy session as if we were, as if Fen was a real person. God, yeah, no, that's good. It, it was really cool talking about it in like a real way because it also ground, the whole thing as an actor is grounding your character in a real person way as much as humanly possible to talk to a person that I actually deal with in real life about my own personal Britney issues and then stemming that into Fen um, was really cool. And honestly, more people should do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's into that, but I thought it was, a, I, it was really cool. And she's, a, she's brilliant. So. No, that's amazing. That would be an awesome session for me if that happened. <laughs> but yeah. well, um, it's yeah. a good acting exercise because the therapist yeah. will help you get into the brain of who you're acting well, yeah, we... like none of it was about the lines or anything. It was just about the actual person. And, and one of the things that my therapist uh, focuses in is she focuses on anxiety, which is why I'm with her. Um, but she also focuses on PTSD. And so I thought, oh, my God, she also focuses on the thing that Fen is dealing with. Oh, yeah. And so it kind of felt perfect. And she was like, this is so weird. I mean, she didn't say the word weird. She said it in a very nice therapist-y, non-judgmental way. <laughs> but she was this is so different. She was so in. Well, that's, yeah, you're pointing at me because that's, that's what I focus on too. And a lot of our conversations when we talk about shows is the psychology behind characters Mm -hmm. and particularly the magicians does a fantastic job of this, bringing those real life issues and mental health struggles and traumatic experiences and the characters just being able to portray that in a way that feels real. Uh, And especially this season with the loss of Quentin, each character kind of dealing with the grief in a different way and managing their emotional relationships in different ways. It feels, I think, true to life. Yeah. 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 We did a whole, uh, stages of grief after episode one, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about where each character roughly was in that process and how we saw that moving forward. I don't know if you were right, but it felt right. Well, at the time it's, it's evolving, I think over the course of the season, naturally that's what would happen in real life, but the way that they shift forward and back. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people like grief is such an incredibly difficult thing. And one of the things about it is no one really deals with it or goes Mm -hmm. through it in this, in the same way at the same pace. 
so that's what, and that's what ends up leading to more strife is like, you kind of expect your friends or your family or whatever to be on the same level. And that's not how grief works. I mean, that's not how many emotions work, but especially grief. So that's really cool that you guys delved into that. And, um, and yeah, I love how, cause each character has a different relationship with him and has deep has dealing with it in different ways. I really like, I really like that episode where, where, uh, Margo, no, uh, I almost said Fen, I said Margo, I'm going through every character where, um, Elliot and Alice went on that journey together to kind of say goodbye to Quentin and how they both dealt with that. And I really loved that episode and that storyline. That was my favorite episode so far. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. I'm going to send this to you just to to show you where we were. I think I can just drag and drop. Oh, wow. I didn't know you could do that. I think, or I'm going to break the world. More, more likely like we, just... Not. We're doing on the magician. <laughs> yeah. Did it come through? Maybe Did you there. email it to me? No, I was dragging and oh. dropping to... Oh, like a, to, a you know what? Message? I had you guys maximize. So let me... God, I am just... You had my dumb face maximized? <laughs> 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 I just wanted to show you because I got excited because I'm a oh, child. Oh, I forgot that you did the cover of that. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Did we? Oh, yeah. Now I don't, now I don't remember if we saw Fensicle in episode one. <laughs> Fensicle. Fensicle. Was I in episode one? It's a weird thing to not remember. <laughs> oh, this is so cool. And we had uh, prefaced it with um, that this would change from episode to episode, so well, it wouldn't be Well, you know, solid... looking at it now, I mean, a little bit it has, but well, some of it's still pretty close. Oh, I love this. This is so cool. Thank wow, you. it's almost one of you is a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you have? We don't want to keep you. No, I'm good. I have time. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to see a movie tonight, so I'm Ooh, just chilling. What are you going to see? The Invisible Man. It's going to be hard to see. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Your first experience, Jason, is the, the cheesy dad joke. Oh, I man love the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a... a we have a Patreon in addition to the free cast. And so he has this segment that he thinks is fantastic it where is. he just tells bad jokes for a that couple he, of minutes. Jason's horrible jokes. Yeah. You're such a good publicist. <laughs> like he has this thing that he thinks is fantastic. <laughs> no, but that's what they like too, that I don't actually ever laugh about it because it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the way it's we you. bounce off each other. <laughs> okay. So you can stop me if you can't talk about this yet. Mm. But we were doing research on you, and we saw on IMDb that there's a new sci-fi show titled Fracture, set to oh, come yeah. out in 2020. A little bit. Yeah, it's, this, it's a limited series, and it's post-apocalyptic. And um, I don't know what else I can say. Um, I filmed it last year, and I'm not sure what they're I mean, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what step it's at right now. But that's probably all I can say. But I can say something a little more specific, which this might be boring and you can cut it out, but I think it's exciting. So some of the sets we shot on were some old Western sets, and it's some of the same sets that they shot Westworld right. on, and oh. I am obsessed with Westworld. And I, like, lost my shit <laughs> when I found out that we were filming some scenes there. And I just, like, during lunch, I barely, I just, like, scarfed my food down, and I was, like, running around the sets. Like, I was like, oh, this is where the man in black did this thing, and this is where he shot that kid, and all, you know, all these over- horrible things, because a lot of shit happens in Westworld. <laughs> and I was, so it was the coolest thing ever. So, unfortunately, that doesn't really apply to my, my actual TV show, but it was so cool. That is 
the funnest thing you could have said because that yeah. is one of the biggest shows we cover and the next show that we're doing for the podcast is Westworld. Oh. So we are obsessed with it as well. The first season of Westworld is my favorite season of television ever. Like I know that's a big thing to say. I am obsessed with it. And I, I became, uh, I, I met Lewis Hertham who <gasps> plays. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And I, I like was it. freaking out. And I love him. He's the best. We, we volunteered at the LA mission a couple years ago and we were chatting and finally I was just like, Lewis, I was like, I just have to tell you how big of a fan I am and how amazing you are. And then we haven't really seen each other, but he's so cool. He's so nice. <laughs> I think we went off on a whole 10 minute tangent, one of our podcasts yeah. talking about Lewis Hartham and how much oh, yeah. we love him. <laughs> that show's great. It's um, challenging as a podcaster, but also fun because there's so much to pull from, but the wow. amount of notes. So, Oh yeah. Oh, he, how many notes do you, he, he must, must want to kill me. So this is uh Last episode of The Magicians. Uh-huh. <laughs> and ten pages, no. <laughs> maybe. And I think it's ten. But wow, you guys are good. Westworld and Mr. Robot. Oh, it's oh, double. It's double. Really? I'm yeah. not surprised at all. I mean, like, I spent... I just started watching... Um, hold on. Hey, guys. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> James, like, this is my house, too. What the heck was I saying before I started harassing them? Mr. Um, Mr. Robot? Oh, yeah. I just started watching Mr. Robot, and I love it. But So I, I'm still really new, but with, with Westworld, because, you know, it's you can't binge them as they come out. You have to watch it like, you know, some kind of plebeian. <laughs> and so we have a whole week to unpack it. So James and I have so much fun, like, just dissecting it. It gives you, even though I do love binging, it's fun to have, like, a show or two where you actually have to wait a week. And there is so much to unpack. It is crazy. It's such a smart show. It's Yeah, it makes your brain feel like it's going to explode podcasting about it. We, yeah. we just finished, though, with Mr. Robot, and that was right after just finishing with Game of Thrones. And we said, thank goodness we still have the magicians because there's this huge TV hole in our hearts right now. Oh, yeah, because they, they've ended. Yeah, yeah. just ending wow. all these major shows we've been involved in for years. But so it was good that we... We're able to come here and, and cover have, the magicians. Have you guys seen The Outsider? No. On HBO? No. Oh my God. With, with, it's Ben Mendelsohn and Jason Bateman. Um, oh, my God. It's, it's based on a Stephen King novel, oh. and it's so good. Right, we'll I, that. I'm you a huge Stephen to. King fan, too. I don't know how we haven't heard about that one. Jason Bateman is just becoming like such an incredible filmmaker, so he's an EP mm-hmm. on it. And he's directed a bunch of episodes. He's also in it. And then it stars Ben Mendelsohn, who's also a producer on it. I'm, like, obsessed with Ben Mendelsohn now as well. I just discovered who he was because of Star Wars. And he, he, the man's been acting for, like, over 30 years. Hmm. Um, I'm just obsessed with him. And the show is incredible. I literally I watched the first episode, and I thought, oh, James, James has to watch this. Then I thought, but it's really good, so I'm going to keep watching it by myself. So I got about four episodes deep, and then I started over with him. So I'm now re-watching the first four episodes, and they're just as great the second time around. And I even, like, see little things. But, yeah, so that's my pitch. Go watch Go watch, we'll watch The Outsider. Oh, yeah, we're sold. I mean, it's the, the revival of Stephen King, and we're enjoying every single thing that we're yeah, we taking in where that's concerned. A lot of On Patreon, we do movie reviews, so we've been doing a oh, lot of cool. Stephen King movie reviews. Yeah, I've oh, brought God. you over to the dark side because prior to this, Jason didn't watch scary I anything. I hated scary movies. Oh. They scared me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did. So now 
We did it. We did Gerald's game and then the stand. Yeah. And now, now he's hooked. Definitely. Oh my God. Okay, good. Now you can do scary. <laughs> exactly. I don't my bad. Oh no, really it's, it's our bad too. <laughs> the next one, you don't even have to flip. Are there any other projects you want to tell us about outside of the magicians or things coming up for you? I've talked about it a little bit because we've been in production for like two years now, but there's uh, I'm, I'm producing a documentary about Scotch whiskey called The Water of Life. Um, we filmed that last year in Scotland and then a bit in Ireland and England as well. And so we're in post right now and that's almost completed and I can't announce it yet, but I will be able to announce something that's happening in May with that. Um, that's going to be really cool, but it's very random. It's very different obviously than my acting. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And then I, um, I just did an animated movie that came out called cats, not the famous one, another one, a fully animated one. Um, but that's the first like film I've done where I did voiceover, which was really fun. Yeah. And I've also been getting into theater. I did this little LA theater thing at the beginning of the year. And next week I'm actually going to be doing a live reading with this company called bespoke plays. Um, and my friend, Christine Boylan, who's this incredibly talented, uh, and accomplished, uh, television writer and producer. Uh, she does this, uh, that she has this company called Bespoke Plays, and so I'm not sure when the podcast is airing, but we um, we're actually going to have some live readings in LA next week, March sixth and seventh, I think. So I'm working on that right now, and uh, yeah, and then some other stuff that's just really early. Oh, oh that's, that's exciting! Awesome, yeah, um, yeah. The, the play is called um, White Rock Cliff. You guys are invited, but you're obviously in New York, so. <laughs> And it's not worth it to come out. It's just a reading. So, yeah. <laughs> if we didn't have three jobs each, yeah. one of these days we will get oh, outside of New York. <laughs> we have no life. And go somewhere. <laughs> Basically. What do you do, Jason, um, in addition to this? Uh, I'm a web designer and um, oh. a graphic designer as well. Oh, that goes hand in hand with doing this podcast. Exactly. Wow. Both of your jobs really go hand in hand with this. Yeah, it's he a, does all the cover art, the designing. He does the editing for the, the podcast. Website, yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. We met in art that's, school. Yes. Oh, you did? Yeah. so cute. Where'd you guys go to school? Long Island University. LAU. Awesome. I'm actually oh. an art therapist. Right now, a lot of my therapy is just straight talk therapy, verbal therapy. But my license and my background is in art therapy. So we had to take all the same art classes starting off and then move into psychology as well. Yeah. Bootcamp. And then you like went off in different directions. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Thank James you. and I did it at a bar, so it's not as cute. Oh, that's awesome though. It's like a movie. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, ex yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys originally get into podcasting to begin with? Oh, years ago. You, you love, you love movies and TV and. So, well, five, almost six years ago, it was actually those years after college where people start drifting. Yeah. And we wanted to desperately grasp on to hold on to everybody. Totally. Yeah. So the I podcast first started with friends coming over and uh, drinking together and talking about life, what we're watching in the news. It was very loose. It was very bad. Let's be honest. Yeah. It was more about be having just being silly, having fun. Um, oh, and then we realized quickly, like people started moving away, that it was really just going to be they Christina couldn't come and every week. It wasn't the same type of commitment, but 
I think Game of Thrones is the first TV show we started covering, yeah. and because oh. we were so passionate about it, I mean, it was season four, yeah. five. It was pretty deep in by the time we we finally jumped in on the show. And then cool. it just we kind of narrowed in, and it became our niche. That's and awesome. We work so hard that we live through TV and movies. <laughs> That's how we escape. So yeah, something about that makes magic. Sense. Yeah. Good thing we're living in a day and age where like television's so great now. Absolutely. You know, like it's like the golden age of TV right now. There's so much good stuff. Yeah. So that's why when we have Clatchers ask, we still end the podcast saying, This rounds on me. And they're like, What does that mean? And that's because in the beginning we were all Hold drinking. <laughs> and we're like, Oh, that's so cute. I love that. Yeah. So. Awesome. But what year did you guys graduate? Undergrad was oh six. Yeah, six. Oh, six. Okay, yeah. Oh, wait, no, no. I'm forgetting how old I am. Never mind. No, I'm thinking about high school. I think we graduated the same year. You guys look really young. I graduated high school in 08. I was like, same! And oh. then I was like, wait, no. What, when did I? I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait, no, was it? I don't even know. But then did you guys both go to grad school? Yeah. Um, not together, Not though. together, though, because she was that art makes- therapy. And I did multimedia arts. Oh, that's so cool. You guys both have master's degrees that's pretty cool i want one of those someday yeah but he went the smart way because they paid for him to i got it back. for free oh, hell yeah that's what my mom <laughs> oh. did that's cool that yeah i know i'm like hmm, how can i not pay for this <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay so um sorry I, you... I feel like i keep just chatting with you guys and just getting us off track this is it's all about fun that's why we love so that's this. why we're doing this right <laughs> me too but the fun's over because now you have a quiz. <laughs> oh, I'm such an academic nerd, though, that I like quiz. <laughs> um, we are going to ask you a series of questions. You have five seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to ask you some fun questions about the magicians. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Oh, well, she's got to know this one. What was the name of the blade Fen's father forged to stop the beast? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! To be fair, I wasn't on the show yet. The, um, that is true. Oh my embers, balls! I can't. This is pathetic. Can you give me a hint? It's Christina's father's I, name. I, you know, I was just thinking that, and then I'm like, she doesn't know who my father is. <laughs> it's a man. Oh yeah, of course. Christina's... Christina's father's name. Who I don't it? know if that helps. That's a horrible clue. Close. Okay, wouldn't you be disturbed though if I knew? But I was like, oh, the ball blade. <laughs> yeah. And I guess also an astrological sign. Oh, yeah. No, they're quizzing me and I'm sucking on my own show. <laughs> Never mind. Leo blade. The Leo blade. Say it again. No, I can't lie. I can't lie. I feel so bad. It's okay. The world can know that I didn't know the name of the blade that was the whole reason why I exist on the show. <laughs> no, it's okay. I didn't know the first question, which was a knife bat. Don't worry. Well, this one... This one is about one of your friends, so you have to have this one correct. Oh, wait, okay, for sure. According to IMDb, one of your co-stars, Jade Taylor, has an older brother, Sean. What is his occupation? He's a lawyer. Lawyer, yes. An attorney. Lev Grossman and Lila Sturges released a a new five-issue comic series that takes place after the events of The Magician's Land. What is the title of the comic? Oh, 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 with the new characters. Yeah. Um, it's called The Magician. Yes. Okay. Who said it? No, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess someday I just always thought we were going to bang. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. I remember. Um, I know, I know. Margo. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know something about my own show. Thank God. Oh, this one's good, too. Hell is real, and it smells like Axe body spray. <laughs> a good line. Um, it's Penny. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good line. I don't know how we're supposed to talk about this if we're not allowed to talk about this. <laughs> That's a really good line. Josh? Yes. Yeah. Good job. This isn't Middle Earth, Quentin. There aren't enough noble quests to go around. That was my husband, Elliot. Yes. I actually think they might have taken that from the books, too. Yeah. That sounds really familiar. This is from the time I stabbed a child. I was a child. That's me, that's Fen. Yes. <laughs> Fen, and it's Fen. <laughs> and I, that was one of the lines I wrote, so I I could tell, I love that. <laughs> Not so much wrote as just said very organically and far too quickly. Good, okay, so the last one. I hate you, I hate all of you. And do you know why? You don't know anything. You learn magic like a parrot learns Shakespeare. Tricks for bird seeds. You are all clever pets. Oh, that's a really good line. That's smart. You wrote that one. Fog? Do you need fog? Oh, that's good, but no. That is good. Uh, one of our favorite characters. I don't think you had a scene with him. Um, no. Mayakovsky. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. What a great line. That was very poetic. I really want him back soon, Yeah. by the way. I love, he's, I love Mayakovsky. Mayakovsky. He's amazing. So you got that one wrong, but it doesn't matter because you killed it. You got two wrong out of all those? That's amazing. You win. You <laughs> win. <laughs> Tell her how spectacularly wrong you have gotten some of the ones related to numbers in the past. How many people a year go to Disney? Oh, my God. I said something stupid. What did I say? It was such a low number. In the, in the thousands, like 400,000 or something. I, <laughs> That's, it makes me feel so much better. You know what's funny? is literally my computer is sitting on a puzzle right now. It's a Disneyland puzzle. Oh, this is wow. The, this oh, right nice. next that reminds me, we played this game called Wits and Wagers. And my friend Meg, who's very intelligent, but just guesses things wildly wrong. And her question, the question was, how, what is the circumference of the Earth? And she guessed 3,000 miles. <laughs> we're like, Meg, no. She's like, well, no, no. Like, That's how far it is to Jersey. Where's the <laughs> That's like the continental U.S. <laughs> oh, man. You love Disneyland or Disney. I, yeah, yeah, I do. Probably too much. I have a lot of things next to me that are all like Disney related right now that are just hanging out. Just they're just next to me. We're like that with Harry Potter. Every yeah. year, I like Harry Potter too. We have a whole tapestry downstairs. I love tapestries. Yeah, and it's a uh, Gryffindor. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's what I am. I'm Gryffindor. Are you guys both Gryffindor? Yes, yeah, same house. You know. No, no, I'm a Ravenclaw. Oh. What the hell, Jason? Which. I don't know. We went the other night to hog to um to Harry Potter World. I love it. Is it as cool as it looks? We haven't been yet. Which is it's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love. It. Yeah, I like to drink butter beer and perhaps smuggle rum into the park and put that into the butter beer. Nice. <laughs> you did some shows for Disney, right? I did. Yeah, I was recurring on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and then the spinoff Sweet Life on Deck, and then I did like a Disney Channel movie of the week called go figure back in 2004 
and some other Disney stuff. Yeah. So I always loved Disney way before that, but I was very excited when I got on the shows because of my love for it. And how did you get away with wearing uh, a princess costume in Disney Park? Oh, um, which princess costume are we talking about? <laughs> which time? <laughs> I'm um, trying to... The blue one. Wasn't it light blue? That's Cinderella. Cinderella. Oh. Or or was it was it the was it the aerial one? The one her was it just like a skirt that came to my knees? I mean, I don't know if you remember specifically what oh. like my skirt was. That's creepy of me to ask. No, I don't. Um, I'm sorry. You're like it was exactly two and a half. It was inches. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> um, I think if it's the one I'm thinking about, I think it doesn't count as a costume. I think it technically counts as a regular dress. Mm. And so that's why as an adult, I was allowed to wear it in the park. I'm pretty sure it counts it as just a dress. Which, by the way, before we forget, we didn't even thank you yet. Oh. Thank you so much for the video that you sent us. Yeah, you're welcome. That was amazing. That was fun. And- I was like, Oh, I should record it in Disneyland. Yeah, that was perfect. I know. It was such a beautiful day that day. It was right when I came in at the entrance. Um, was, I, was it the dress in that video or was it a picture I posted? Now it's driving me crazy. Yeah, not in that video. No, that video you had layers and you had um, a scarf from Jade mm. and a belt a belt from Jade too or something no, like sweatshirt. that. No, sweatshirt. Sweatshirt that was tied around your waist from Jade. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was a little earlier that that day because it was earlier in the year hmm. oh yeah yep i remember our little matching sweaters i think that's what i was wearing that day hi jason and christina merry christmas your friend brian told me that you guys are big fans of the magicians which i obviously already know because i love your podcast uh coffee clash crew it's it's just so high quality and your guys's um interviews are always so thoughtful as are your commentary on the show and on other shows like Westworld, which is one of my personal favorite shows, um, and everything else that you do. So I'm really big fans of you guys. And also, I would love to be on your podcast uh, for this season. That would be that would be really fun. So uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. I am at Disneyland right now. If you can't, if it's not incredibly obvious, here's Mickey. There's the there's the entrance. I'm uh, I'm a little Christmassy right now. I got my bow on. I actually have a of my Christmas. Minnie Mouse sweater that Jade Taylor got me for Christmas last year, but it is really hot here because I already have, I also have my Minnie Mouse Shanghai sweater on. I have a lot of Disney sweaters, pretty much. And that was amazing because um, it was... Oh, Cameo? Cameo. Cameo thing. It's this fun app or website that uh, actors and singers and people uh, have profiles and and, and people can go on and, and like purchase a video. So a lot of times people will come on and, and purchase a video to be like, um, you know, be like, oh, my, my, my sister is a magician's fan. Can you like wish her a happy 14th birthday? She Aww. also loves Harry Potter. So talk about that. And it's really, it'll say like specific things and then I'll do a little video and, um, and send it off. And then sometimes people have it for themselves. I've had people be like, oh, I've been having a really crappy week. So I could just use like some words of encouragement. And um, yeah, it's a really cute thing, actually. And a lot of a lot of people are on it. Some of the other magicians are on it as well. So how could people find you on that? So yeah, you just go to cameo.com and there's also an app, just Cameo, and uh, you just type my you just type Brittany Curran, you just type my name into the into the search engine and it and it finds me. I'm sure I have a direct link, I just don't know what it is. That's cool. Great. That's perfect. <laughs> so Clatchers, really if you want fun. Yeah, Clatchers, if you want her to talk to you, give you a shout out or any of your friends a shout out. That's the way to do it. 
And I'll tell you, it means a lot because we got one from you. And it was sent to us from one of our listeners. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was like, it was a gift from somebody. I remember. Brian. Of course, it would be Brian. And that's where I was like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And then you were on the hook. You said it, and now you had to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I think we, we left you on long enough. You have to watch a movie, and you got your brother and your hubby there staring at you probably like, get off. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> it was so nice chatting with you guys. I'm going to take a little screenshot of us. So um, everybody, so what's that? Everybody's, wait, can you like take a screenshot? Like a, ready? Here. Yes. Three, two, one, picture. Cute. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on with us. Yeah, this was so much fun. I feel like I could just keep chatting with you all night. This uh, is so fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. And cool. have a great night. Thanks, guys. You too. Enjoy that wine. <laughs> Bye. Till next week. This round's on me. This round is on me.